Um, what was something that happened today? Um, there was imaginary queer fuck cafe discourse yesterday. That was really funny. <laughs> I completely um, missed that. Thank God. You can always start off with, you know, furries save libraries. Just segue. <laughs> Wait, so, Jay, you said emerge. Imaginary, imaginary queer-, queer fuck cafe. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got one then. <laughs> What's up, you imaginary queer fucks? It's library punk. I'm Justin. I'm a Skullcom librarian. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Sadie. I work uh, IT in a public library. My pronouns are they, them. I'm Jay. I am an academic metadata and discovery librarian, and my pronouns are he, him. And we have a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Woody, and I'm a library assistant in a public library, um, and my pronouns are they, them. Justin yeah. will interrupt you with drops, so just get used to it now. Yeah. <laughs> Fair warning. <laughs> yeah, throw on my phone now. Uh, yeah, just keep steamrolling. Don't stop for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Show him who's boss. Yeah. I don't know if I trust this app, though. Anyway. It'll, like, steal all your apes like the dildo app will. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my apes. <laughs> no good. No good. We have we have a segment this week. Welcome to Yif Squad. He was boxed in like a turtle's pecker. So th- the furry community has come together to fight for libraries, uh, according to every library uh, Twitter account, and helped raise uh, almost eighty thousand dollars for the Ridgeland, Mississippi Library, I assume, where the mayor was withholding over a hundred thousand in library funds because he didn't like some of the books on the shelves. I mean, they one, were- furries have a lot of money. And two, like, have furries ever done anything wrong ever? Like, fuck yeah, furries. <laughs> furries uphold the internet. Like, I don't know it's why true. anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, financially and, like, technologically. Yeah, both. Like, they're, they're your infrastructure, whether you like it or not. Them and the, like, hermits in the woods who do Linux, and that's it. Why aren't there? There could be furry hermits in the woods. We don't know. Overlap. We respect them all. <laughs> Now, was it what kind of furries? Do we know, like, what kind of personas they had? Oh man, I did read the article, and I forget what the the guy who kind of started the chain, who like tweeted about it, and then more popular furry accounts picked it up and started boosting it. He was some kind of animal I hadn't heard of before. So, but that's his avatar, like the blue wolf looking thing. They straight up just put that on. The Vice article, which mm-hmm. I wonder if that them. one, like, was it Star Fox, the like one gamer who was the best gamer in the world, who was a furry who would like tweet Sonic about like Fox? Ima- Sonic Fox, who would like say. tweet about Sonic like, getting- Fox from transgender. Who They're would, like, still rolling it? They- oh, is it they or is it he? I don't remember. Um, but they would like tweet like um, werewolf porn, and I was like, thank you for your service. <laughs> No, but you've seen that photo where it was like all the gamers and had their country flags behind them and Sonic Fox had a trans flag behind them. It's like Sonic Fox from transgender. <laughs> it's the future that liberals want. You telling me this 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 whole uh Oh wait, I what's the thing that goes? I don't remember. Never mind. 
Oh, no, he, day. He, he, he's just a sparkly blue wolf, so. Hmm. Anyway, uh, that was Yif Squad. He was boxed in like a turtle's pecker. And uh, we've got What does that drop quick. from? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> it was just something I heard on like a, like a Twitch stream, and I was like, I'm, I'm taking that. The second one... Uh, hang on, I've got these two open. Reading between the lines, oh, the Imagine IF library staff uh, said their trustees suck. Um, and there were a lot of, there was a lot of correspondence that is now publicly available showing that they were not waiting for any challenges for the books to come, that they were just sort of watching their Facebook groups and then realized like, oh, we could do this here. Yeah, I, I love reading all of these, like the... And by love, I, that's complete sarcasm. Um, articles about like library systems where like ultra conservative assholes swoop in and take over, take board positions, and then decide that they've got to oust their director, and then it all just comes to light. And I'm hoping this Montana town has good has a good outcome, but. It's like the Libertarian Bears town in New Hampshire. I was just talking about that, actually. And I about, love the Libertarian Bears. Yeah, and about <laughs> the woman who was feeding them powdered donuts and when asked to stop was like, well, what what I do on my property is my You're business. not my dad. Yeah. That's, like, like live free or die translates to you're not my dad. That's, that's, that's what it is. That's a real thing? Yeah. Oh, so while oh. Justin's gone doing something. Libertarian <laughs> Bears. So I live in New Hampshire. Okay. I just moved here like a couple of years ago. And they're like hardcore libertarians here because they all moved here on purpose. Oh. And at first it was just going to be one town. And I forget what one it was. Um, but they like kind of took over local government and it was just kind of libertarian. And so like there were giant potholes and garbage wasn't getting collected. And so bears, <laughs> like, cause it was like in Northern New Hampshire and like the woods and shit, like started coming in and like eating all the garbage and getting toxoplasms. Oh and like God. people were like feeding them powdered donuts and the bears attacked people. I, and oh uh, that town God. stopped being a town, I think. And then, so instead of the free town, the free city project, um, they just turned it into the free state project. And then, so a bunch of libertarians like live all over the state, and all of our like state and local government is like Republicans and like conservative libertarians. And then all of our federal representation and stuff is Democrats. And so you get very confusing politics. <laughs> that just sounds like a bit. I, so first, when you said libertarian bears, I thought you meant gay men. Like, well, that bear, too. Like, like the okay, one time I went right. on Grinder while living here, it was a bunch oh. of like libertarian dudes who hunt. Oh, um, the common like, misconception. Mm. Yeah, like yeah. you know, it was libertarian bears, but like not good bears. You know. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. That is wild. anyway. Yeah, that was that was libertarian bears. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So uh, this is the third installment of our uh, scary stories to chill your tomes, uh, in which we will talk to people who are library workers who are not librarians uh, and ask them about uh, their working conditions and how they got into the field and how they, you know, feel about it, and so. Woody is here today, and, and Woody, you are a library assistant in marketing and engagement at a public library. I've got that right? Yep, that's correct. Awesome. So the first question is, how did you first get into libraries? Did you seek them out, or did you kind of fall into it? Um, I, for years, was just working service jobs, like bartending and you know cut retail stuff like that. And uh, while I was bartending, I decided I wanted to go to the library school, to library school. 
that was in like 2012. And I started school and then got a job at a bookstore and a little independent bookstore. And I kept taking on more responsibilities while I was there and I had to leave library school. And I was like, well, a bookstore, you know, that's adjacent. But in the meantime, I got burnout from that. Uh, I mean, I was working 60, 60 plus hours a week. And so I took a page job. I shouldn't say I took a page job. I applied and got hired as a page part-time at the local library. And then something full-time opened up and I've been there since 2017. So it kind of was bound to happen once I was on the library school trajectory. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't finish library school. Not needless to say, I guess. But you're in the same library you were paging at? I am. I am. Yeah. Gotcha. And do you have like a, a undergrad background or anything in, in marketing or anything? Is that no. why you're oh, okay? <laughs> no, oddly enough, like that could be like, we yeah. don't have a lot of like business librarians in yeah. the field. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, so when I was at the, the bookstore I was working at was a cooperative, uh, cooperatively owned bookstore. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So it was this cool little co-op and we were next to the grocery co-op, which was pretty cool, but it was, I, I kind of moved up really quick. I was a sales, uh, bookseller and then I was an events coordinator and then the book buyer and the assistant manager and then I was the, all of a sudden the manager and the person who'd been managing it hadn't been I think they were too proud to admit there were problems money problems and so it was this nightmare to work with to try to figure out how to pay people and it, it, it was a it was a lot of stuff but I had to do all the marketing all the business stuff which I'd had experience from doing anyway but um, but I've always, I feel like I've social media, I don't know, maybe everything fell at the same time with things that got popular. I used to DJ, um, the queer dance, we had a queer dance party in town called flame, which was like the best. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. But the guys that were running it were like, we don't know what to do. We, we don't understand Facebook or I think Facebook was just opened up because it used to be you had to be in college to be part of it. And then it was like all of a sudden Instagram, all of a sudden Twitter, all of a sudden all this other stuff. And they just, so it fell to me. So I had to kind of figure out what's the best way to do that. So I've done that now for, I did it for DJing. I did it for a bookstore. I actually was hired and worked at two different bars in town to do their social media. So when I went to the library as a page, which is like in the kind of like ladder of positions or whatever you want to call it is the is like the pages don't do anything where I work except shelve and pull holds and shelve and pull holds pull holds I mean when I first started there you weren't even supposed to help patrons really you're supposed to direct everybody to reference yeah like that could even be like a volunteer position a lot yeah, of the time. yeah 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 although don't say that <laughs> yeah like no yeah. I don't want it to be volunteer <laughs> yeah, but often yeah. they are volunteer yeah, positions yeah 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 that was like a big fear to when I first started I was like oh you know and they're like no 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 we're we're so worried civil service protects us it's civil service does this and i'm like civil service is the fucking worst thing can i swear um oh yeah we say okay fuck sweet like every- I, no. so I listened i listened to a couple episodes and i was like and i swear it'll it you can't say out. fuck at the library conference fuck, fuck. <laughs> i feel like i say it at work all the time but um fucking stop cussing yeah, i can't fucking help it but um yeah it's it's a it's a whole it's a whole thing uh, with it but um, but I started helping out because nobody at the library knew how to use Twitter. And I said, you have this Twitter account that's all just links that go nowhere because they were just bouncing it from Hootsuite to, yeah, so. 
I love how so much of these like social media marketing jobs is just because like boomers don't know how to use social media. And so like you don't even need like a like a marketing background or anything. It's just like, do you know how to Twitter? Yes, yes. You have this job now. Like it's just the, yeah. it still takes like skills and stuff, right? And like it, savvy, but it, it does, it does. And I work for uh I work for I don't want to get ahead of the questions. I work for uh my direct supervisor is the li- is the marketing library librarian. And um before that she was the web design librarian. And yeah, I can see that. And she's so funny because she's like, yeah, I just was like, I, I can learn this. I can do this. She didn't go in with any business. I think she her her background's in philosophy and, and like something else. But but she yeah. she and I are just so good at at it that nobody we just kind of do whatever. I don't say whatever we want, but they're like, we need this. And we're like, oh, we have a good idea. And meanwhile, people are like, I don't use social media because I don't understand it. And ugh it's scary. And I, and, and yeah, it is, but it's also helpful. So get the library canceled. On Twitter. <sighs> oh no. I mean, maybe, maybe <laughs> I might, I try not to. Yeah. But if you're a small library, I don't know how big your library is, but like you do get to end up doing like kind of whatever you want. Yeah. Um, we've got a lot of, and I think it's, I think it's because we're kind of always ahead of whatever we're, we're always paying attention to what's coming so we can, kind of be be ahead instead of find out too late and uh, uh my supervisor especially is just just i don't know clued into everything and maybe it's because she has teenage kids i don't know she always knows a little bit ahead but um yeah we just are always i don't know we're just always looking ahead and what can we do to get this and you know, because they always, uh, you know, like the board and the uh, director and everybody's always like, we have to think about this and the community and how do we do this and how do we do that? And, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, we can hand out bags up front, you know, something silly or give people a pen. And that's awesome merchandising, but you have to get people to come in to get stuff and books and your collections and what whatnot. So you have to make yourself seem important. And so we're just constantly trying to figure out Especially after the pandemic hit, we thought we were all going to get fired. I mean, it was like scary. That was scary shit. It's still kind of scary, but yes. I mean, so people get a better idea of where you're coming from with all the social media work. Like, what would you say, like, the class composition of the people coming in are? Like, is it mostly, like, older people? Because I I grew up in Florida. Everyone's average age is, like, 110 years old. So it's mostly busybodies. Sure. But other, you know, if it was Washington, D.C., it's people coming in. They need a place that's cold and that they can apply for jobs. So, like, what's your clientele looking like that's putting your demands on your job? We have – so, and and that's where in, like, we're always trying to – like, what is – like, where are we? What do we need? How do we reach people? We have a huge contingency of older folks, of seniors, than um, Cornell universities here. So we have international students, ton, tons of grad students, tons of um, uh, tons of undergrads, tons, tons of grads, tons of people here on a fellowship or whatever. And then there's Ithaca Colleges here too, and that's a pretty it's smaller school, but there's a lot of people. So you've got student age. Then you've got we've got a, a high bigger than usual, and I don't know any statistics, any numbers, but a larger than usual um, homeless population here uh, because a lot of the uh, social services are here. So we're we're always trying to because like we're like, we can put every, so anything on social media we want. These people aren't going to, you know, these people that don't use smartphones or computers or come here to use. And that's, and that's like the seniors, 
that's actually a lot of like, I don't want to say students, but like a little bit younger. So like we're, when we reach out, we're getting such a like medium slice of the population that uses the library. So it's, it's a constant trying to figure that out. Like how do we reach out to farther and yeah, because all the kids these days are on the TikTok, right? Yes, we've got a TikTok, and I'm oh, always wow. like, I'm always like, we're too fucking old to have a TikTok. Like, I'm I'm in my forties, Asia Asia's in her forties too, and she's like, we'll just be, we'll just look like ridiculous old adults on it, and and it works. I mean, it's it's fun. It's it's fun to get to say I make a TikTok for work, and they're really like these innocuous little nothing fancy. It's like, here's a display with a cool song behind it. And you know, it's nothing because when we spend a lot of time developing one, shooting it, putting it all together, editing it, like five people like it. And if we, if we just put like a picture of a, a little kid smiling, holding up a book, we're like, Oh, 5,000 likes. Oh my God. And it's like, so the less we do, the more we get. I, I TikTok's weird. I don't understand it, but I like it. So. Mm. My dad is semi-viral on TikTok. Ooh. It's weird. Is he the guy that yells at the neighbor who's drinking beers on the roof? And then he's like, can I come up and drink beers with you? Is that, is that dude? No, but it does sound like something my dad would do. Yeah, um, it's a, that's a good TikTok. You should all Google that TikTok. Yeah, no, like it's not that he has a video that's semi-viral. His account is like pretty popular, apparently. So. No, it's weird. <laughs> anyway, uh, when when you so you were in library school before you started paging. Yes. Yeah. I and I'd taken. I mean, I was I was about three quarters of the way through, mm-hmm. and I just it, I was trying to just do one class, and I was just working too much. I couldn't. I had no time, and so I thought, oh, I'll just pick it back up when I figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, not knowing that my credits would expire. Yeah, my credits which, expired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which sounds untrue to me. And I, I feel know. like I, it, anyone who's listening who can figure this out, because we have like MLS instructors, high mm-hmm. school instructors. Yeah. If this isn't true, like right in. Like, is it like you Please not do. being in the program anymore because you weren't taking classes or just like you cannot transfer or use those credits um, anymore? I, I can't, I could not continue on at the school I was at and still ha- and still use those credits. I'd have to start over. Um, it was unclear to me. I actually talked to the dean of the department. It was unclear to me if I could transfer the credits elsewhere. Um, but I was so because I mean I because they were because I know you asked further in here about library school. I did get I won't say pressured, but there was definitely a lot of like you should go you should go to library school you should finish. And so I tr- I reached out. I tried to I tried to get um re you know restarted. And they were like, oh, we're really sorry. All of the, like this one credit is still good. But if you don't uh, register for the very next semester, it's going to be, it's going to expire and you're going to have to start all, but you should start all over anyway, because five years have passed or however it was seven years, I guess, had passed and um, everything has changed and blah, 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 blah. And I was, I was so mad. I was just so mad because they did not cancel my student loans. Those didn't get canceled. Those are still, I owe those still. So. Yeah. You, you want to pick up three quarters of a library degree of debt again, right? Yeah, no. exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, the reason it sounds so sus to me is because I know we've had people in the library I work at. Mm-hmm who have been like out of library school 
for years. Yeah. And then they had one class left and then they just did that one class and they finished. So I feel like this is, this is like a transfer issue. This is like a graduate retention statistics issue. They're like, Oh, if, if within six months you are no longer in good standing, but yeah. like, I feel like those kind of rules. It's, it's don't always really matter. Yeah. It's always, I, um, I never bothered to reach out to another school because I just thought, oh, I'll pick up and finish here. Um, and I went to, can I say where I went? I went to San Jose State. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I was, I was very disappointed in that. But um, a couple of people were uh, like, you should try this school. Or you should try this school. You can probably transfer your credits and then finish up. But I, I don't want, I really don't want to add any more to that student loan debt. So I was like, I'll just be a page. That's fine. And yeah. And like, Justin, if you think it's appropriate, cut this out. But like, I've heard that like, there's some good professors at San Jose state, mm. but that's the one that I hear a lot. That's the degree. Mill. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, they also have like a weird PhD program, but anyway, yeah. every, every single MLS program is like online these days. So like yeah. if there's someone who will take the credits, then you can just finish wherever, like yeah. every MLS program is online now. You couldn't do an MLS in person if you wanted to. Yeah, I think the, Syracuse might be one of the last places with like a Illinois. Too. Illinois, yeah, yeah. I bet Indiana, but I'd have to double check mm, that. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, let's see. Uh, I mean, what what were what originally kind of got you wanting to? Because you were doing library school before working in a library. What what made you want to do libraries? What, uh, what made me, I, I want, so I, I liked working in the bookstore. I wanted to stay working with books. I wanted the opportunity to still be engaged with the community um, in the same way. I mean, not just with books, but um, the library, when I was at the bookstore, we worked really closely with the library. We would staff events and sell books and things like that. So I got to know the people working there too. And uh, I, it just seemed like a good place to work. Also, they offered health insurance, which was a thing I didn't have. And, you know, as you get older, it's like, you, I, I don't know how I lived without it for so long. And I just thought I wanted something steady that I could kind of move into and then not. I also didn't want to go back to working anywhere really late because uh, not that I worked late at the bookstore, but when I bartended, I worked till like three in the morning. And, and I thought if I can deal with drunk people, I can deal with people at the library. <laughs> Although there's a lot of overlap. So... Yeah, like I feel like, and I think we've, I think like Sadie and I have maybe, or I forget what episode we talked about this on, where it's like if you have any sort of background in like food service or yeah. retail, then you are golden yeah, to be yeah. in libraries. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that's like, I think that that's kind of the, I mean, I don't, I don't know from all over the place, but I know our library for a long time, they, it's so funny. Um, the difference in people that have been there for amounts of time. So like mm-hmm. there, there had been this one director and this one head of circulation that people still talk about, like they're still afraid of them, even though they haven't been there in like 10 years, but they just ruled with these iron fists and they were like, you know, yeah, be mean to patrons. Nobody cares. You can. And and they were people that at, at 18 got a job at the library and just had been there, had had never worked anywhere else, had never done food service, had never done retail, had never done any kind of hospitality or customer service. So our head of circulation now, and she's been ahead of it since probably 2015, 2016. She was like, when I hire people, I want them to have one of those I want them to have some kind of people 
skills. Cause man, I can remember going to the library and every single person you'd go up to, except for like two would be like, what do you want? Rah, 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 at the, at the circulation desk. And oh my God, <laughs> it was, it was so my, my partner, when I first started there was like, I'll only go up there if Josh is at the desk. And he's like our friend's boyfriend. And, uh, and, now, and now he's my co we're in the same department together. And she's like, because everyone else is so mean. And I'm like, don't, they're not mean. They're just very sour. And it's like, it was like the DMV. It was, it, <laughs> it was like really bad. And now it's nothing like that. Now it's like the friendliest, nicest, mostly. Um, but yeah, it's, but they've, I think that there's been a turn blue hair and pronouns. <laughs> Actually, As it should be. Yeah, actually, yes. That's yes. my favorite fucking tweet. Yes, yes, yes. It's, 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 it should be like that. There's just, yeah. yeah. Also, is that a Dawn of the Dead poster behind it? It is. Fuck yeah. I, I mean, saw like, the like, I saw the pink and like the kind of, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 a fellow yeah. fan. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> anyway. Yes, thank you, thank you. Whoa. Justin's on the drops. <laughs> yeah. So you were saying you wanted to keep with like the community service aspect of libraries. The, the, Did I, the, is that a good summary? Yeah, yeah. Uh, still, still stay connected to the community and the community. Um, uh, meaning, you know, the p- same kind of people I was I was helping at the bookstore, but like brought like widening that out, and then working with those people at the library. That seemed like. It just seemed like where I was meant to go, and and I wanted to stay around books. I wanted to stay around media, and um, I really I really wanted to stay around the collections there. So I didn't want to go work at a grocery store or something like that. Yeah, like I know there's a criticism of the like, oh, I went to library school. I wanted to be a librarian because I love books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like. If, if you're aware of, like, everything else that you do as a librarian and what that entails, like, yeah. there is something to be said about, like, the types of materials you work with, mm-hmm. regardless of what profession you're in. Like, a chef wants to be a chef because they like cooking. Yeah, yeah. Right? So. Yeah, but also there was something uh, Matthew was talking about, Matthew Murray, recently, and he and I had talked about this recently, which was there's there's this manga anime series called Skullface Bookseller Honda-san. And All right. <laughs> the whole thing is about him working in a bookstore. And the thing is, you can watch that and be like, as a librarian or a library worker and be like, that's my job. That is exactly my job. <laughs> so that makes sense that like working in a bookstore, you'd be like, oh, I get to help people find things. I have to deal with ordering. I have to deal with keeping the doors open. Like that is the majority of the library's work. It is very similar to a bookstore. So it's you don't hear that story of coming into libraries that way, but it makes perfect sense. I even know the other way around. Like I had coworkers when I worked at the university of Utah who like as a side gig worked at like the Barnes and Nobles next to the like Whole Foods. Right. Like I'd go in there and be like, Oh, Hey. (laughs) Yeah. You just get weird requests and you just, you know, you have to answer them and, you know, in library school, at least you get to learn how to do reference interviews. But you know, if you're in a bookstore, you've got to learn by doing it's, it's, not that different. So yeah, it, like the, the kinds of questions sense. and stuff I would do, like when I worked at like, um, like the amusement park <laughs> that I worked at in undergrad. Yeah. I worked at like a, like one of those like heraldry, like find your genealogy, like coat of arms, like booths at Bush gardens <laughs> when I was an undergrad, it was really fun, but yeah, like the types of like questions and stuff carnal that you have favors. to like answer. Yes. Carnal favors that you have to like answer for people and whatnot is like kind of similar to the reference interview like that kind of retail interaction 
I'm sure you have experienced that, Woody, as well. Oh, like it's a very similar skills. Totally, totally. Um, uh, it's you know, and it's and it's so funny because I like the 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 amount of because tra- I thought, oh, are they going to train me how they want me to talk to people at the desk or this or that when I went from being a because I only started uh, uh, as a library assistant in October, so it hasn't. It's been like six months or whatever, but they were like, oh, we're not going to train you because you're so good at talking to people. And you know, and I was like, what? And they trained me on things, but they didn't bother to train me on that. And uh, I was like, okay. okay. And uh, I, you know, and they're like, just ask us questions if you need to know. And I'm like, I need to know where you keep the uh, online. I was like, how, why can't I find the newspaper, uh, whatever archive, where every newspaper is that this lady's asking for. And they're like, Oh, it's right in this folder. And then you go here and then you go here. And then you, and I was like, you guys could have told me that much easier, but like, I didn't know everything, but helping people, I was like, I've got that down. I did that all, all the jobs I've had just about have been customer service in some way. So um, just listening to people and the little bit of library, you know, I got that a little bit in library school too, but I, I really think bartending more than the bookstore. Was, Especially because they're drunk. <laughs> oh man. I dealt with so many drunks and I deal with the occasional drunk at the library, but it's not that bad. And like, like honestly, I feel like the reference interview is something that anybody who works with the public at all totally. should learn how to do. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And learn to do properly because like, it's not an easy skill. Like there's a lot of things that like, you know, I worked in restaurants starting at like 15 And then, you know, but one thing I learned about reference interviews, it was like, people don't know what they're asking for. That's why you have to determine what their intention is. Mm -hmm. It's not the, it's not so much that they don't know if they need a book or a periodical. It's, they don't, they need to know their intention. They'll ask you a question. That's like, I need a book on ancient Rome and you can go find them a book on ancient Rome. But if you just say, is this for a class or not, which is a really easy trick in academic libraries, they'll say, yeah, my professor said I need three sources for an assignment. And I'm like, you're going to read three books by next week. Is that your plan? (laughs) No, let's find you a reference article and get you that. Yeah, the one I oh I always like is like oh what about that interests you or what about that are you looking like like the I think the example that we had in like my reference class was like someone asking about like I want to learn more about like like Coca Cola bottles and it's like okay what about that is it the shape of it is it like the material like that kind of thing and then it's also like this tricky line of like trying not to offend people by like uh, either like going like sort of not telling them things or telling them things they already know. And so like that letting them know, like they get the impression that you think they're stupid. Yep. So that like, have you walk me through what you've already done? Like that kind of thing. Like it's so much Mm -hmm. like, um, trying not to offend people while trying to figure out like where maybe they forked off the wrong way or something. Yeah, no, that's, I think ideally you want people who walk right up to you and say, I want this exact thing, but that so rarely happens, whether it's like a book, 
a book recommendation, like if you have to do reader advisory and somebody's like, I want a sci-fi book. Okay. I can send you to the section. <laughs> or like, what do you want? Do you want, do you want space? Do you want fantasy? Do you want, you know, something that's queer? Do you want something that's like written by a, an author that's like uh, an indigenous author? Cause people will come in sometimes and ask for these like really specific things. And I'm like, okay. And you know, then, then set about, but it's rare. Usually it's like, I, can you recommend a romance? And I'm like, I, probably can never recommend romance to you. Call me, I can. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I actually probably can because that's all. You got the end now. Oh, my, all, it's all my partner's been reading lately has been romance. So I'm like, I'll just text her. No, I'll just, I, I have to bring all her books back to the library. So I'll just, here's what I brought back today and you should try this. And Tag me in coach. No, after, I, I mean, I feel like I'm an expert on this because I've been listening to um, book club for masochists and, I know that like all romance ultimately comes down to bonnet rippers. And so I know that everything should be Amish romance and that if you want something spicy and inoffensive, you can find some book uh, like that about Sarasota Mennonites. It's it's there. We call them in our library. We call them um, bonnet busters or something like that. I, I think something like that, <laughs> but yeah. There was this discussion on one of the library Facebook groups a few years ago that was like, what what is the like bodice ripper equivalent for like um, gay historical romances? <laughs> and people were like, is it like a like a oh god, I can't even remember. But yeah, it was like what what's that version the of a bodice ripper? Waistcoat ripper? Doublet <laughs> yeah. divider. Something like that. Um Cravat crumpler, I think was one of them. <laughs> oh boy. It was good. Waist belt unwrangler. I don't know. So let's see. Where have we gotten to on our questions? Uh, you, so you've been six months on the job. Um, what does like, like, tell us a little bit about your, your current position. Like what does library marketing and engagement look like in a public library? So, I mean, we're like, like I say, it's a lot of, it's a lot of social media, but it's also, so we're, we kind of we kind of made the department like before we were just doing all the social media and they were calling us public relations and and I was a page so it was really just Asia by herself and me helping and Asia was handling everything like um and I was doing the twitter and then shipping in where I could so after after uh lockdown pandemic and all that when we came back a bunch of people retired they took like either an early retirement. So it cleared a bunch of people out. We were, we didn't have to lay anybody off. And then as we got back working, it took about six months and they said, you know, Hey, we're hoping to create a position because we really need people to do marketing for the library. Cause we're not really, we don't know how to do it. And you guys do, but you need more Asian needs, more resources. You need more resources. So now we have a budget and we're trying to look at ways that we can reach out to um, other parts of the community that don't get, don't get information. Like they don't know what's going on anywhere else and little towns outside. So Ithaca's medium size, it's pretty small, but we've got all these like tiny outlying and, and some smaller libraries. So we're trying to, uh, we've been trying to reach out to the other libraries to kind of signal boost and then signal boost for them. So that's one way. But we're looking into different ways we can market, whether email, newsletter, or we're thinking about radio, which seems like such an ancient medium now. But it's because of the demographic we're trying to reach, it makes sense. And we've got a community radio station. So 
I'm like, they're not going to charge us any money. <laughs> so I hope, I hope they don't charge us any money. I don't, I don't think they will. Um, we work with them actually for other things. So I was like, if we start there, just, just to try to tie in and then just reaching out to local organizations. So our, my day every day is like coming up with ideas, both of us coming up with ideas, seeing what will work, seeing what won't work to reach more people from parents, from little kids all the way up to like, see older people seniors and stuff so so before this did was there any like in administration there was no like pr or marketing person like at all it was just being handled by the head of circulation am am i understanding that correctly not the head of circulation um so asia and i worked in both worked in circulation she was the web manager so she was our computer our website uh person. I mean, she did everything for the website. Um, but it was kind of departments, different departments would chip in. So like youth services would do their posts and, and there was no consistency. And there was somebody would wait until, Oh no, I forgot to make a post. And they'd post like 15 minutes before story time or, or they'd post way ahead. So there was no consistency. And then there would be like, nobody would post for a long time. But, um, a few years before Asia started and she's just started a couple of years before me, we did have someone who was in charge of communications and they really, I don't think knew maybe what they were doing, but somehow weaseled into that position, that high paid position that then got, they got rid of because they were just paying somebody to uh, put stuff in Hootsuite and just schedule it one day. And then that was, I don't know. It was, it was, it was not the best, but I think it's been, and I think a lot of libraries do this. They rely on anyone who knows how to do any kind of marketing and just run with it because that's what they've got, especially smaller uh, rural libraries because they don't have a lot of staff. So if they get a volunteer or somebody that can help out, they've got that. But um, now that we have hours and we have a budget, we're able to focus on stuff and kind of run with it. But, but that's not all I do because I'm in the adult services department. I also have collections and I do ref desk shifts and that. So it's like all, it's like covering all that stuff, then also doing the marketing. So I wonder how many other libraries are doing something like that, because at least the, the ones that I know of have like a, have had a dedicated marketing person who's not also working the desk. And, and I feel like that could be a really good advantage actually. Yeah. Um, our, our director, when she kind of like, so let me back up. Our director is an, an interim director. She actually was our adult services, which is reference department, um, head of reference. We had two failed director searches coming out of COVID. Our director was like, I'm retiring early. This is goodbye. Mic drop and peaced out. Um, and then we did a search. We, we chose a guy. He declined because he said he could sense the morale problems in our library. And a lot of them were due to, you know, everybody was ready to just kind of lose their mind after COVID coming back and having to having to work when everybody was telling you, don't go, don't be around people. And then they were like, no, we're going to let people back in the library. And so it wasn't, I think it was just a tough time. And then we had a, so that guy said no. So we reopened the search and we had a really good candidate, um, but civil service just kind of pinched us. We had all these great candidates from the start and none of them were eligible because of the test they had to take for civil service. So it cut out all of our candidates of color, 
all of our, uh, I, I think it cut out some of uh, the uh, the queer candidates that we may have had. Um, and it left us with just some white ladies and uh, a few a few white men. So, gee, <laughs> yeah, no, back up on that because when you were talking about um, you know having two failed director searches, I was like, oh wow, it's so hard to be a director these days to get a job. Like you know, I was about I was about to make that joke, but then you said these these civil service exams are cutting out good candidates. Like what's I, I have no frame of reference for this. What's going on there? So in in New York State, we adhere to pretty strictly to the civil service because it, we're it's a county. We are an agency of the county, so we're not a Tompkins County business or whatever you want to call it. We are like an agency. So to get hired, the only job at the library you can get hired as without taking the, a civil service test is a page. I've taken. I think I'm a pretty smart person. I've taken that clerk test four times and I get, it's a, you know, it's an, it's a multiple choice test with these questions that are, don't make any sense about, you know, how is, how do you alphabetize something? If it's, you're looking at the alphabet backwards and how far is M from C and is it the same as, and after doing that for like two hours, you get to the third hour and I'm just done with that test. It is um, mind numbing, but but the tests themselves are you have to go to a certain place to take it. Um, so that automatically cuts out anybody that has transportation problems, which, you know, I think very conveniently is a way to cut out a lot of people of color who, uh, especially in, I don't know if they, you know, in Ithaca, I, I don't want to say redlining, but they, they keep pushing people out of the city so they can make more student housing and bring in more money. And so where do they push people? way out of town. And so you have to be, and this test is at like eight in the morning or it's at one o'clock in the afternoon, you know? So if you've got kids or if you've got another job, it, it sucks. The civil service, uh, as it is now in New York state, I think it's been the same kind of, it got revamped maybe in the sixties, the fifties, sixties, seventies. Um, but it's like a, over a hundred years old. Like it's, it's antiquated. It should die because every single position in our in our public libraries, you have to take a test. You have to score. The, they only can look at the three top scores, um, or at least that's that what I've been told. The top three scores. And so, if you aren't one of the three hundreds, let's say, unless all three of those people turn down at the interview, they turn down the job. Doesn't matter if you got a ninety-five or ninety-seven, or it doesn't matter if you're the most awesome worker and you've been at the library for a long time. Because, and we see it all the time, because it's all about that stupid test, where you then get there and nothing on that test is anything that the clerks do. Because we got back from one test and we were like, "Hey, let me ask you some questions, clerk." And they were like, what the fuck is that? No, we don't do that. That sounds like something for the post office. Like it's, it's really weird. It's really, and I, and, and it's, it's a, uh, for upper level beyond the clerk, it's a cumulative experience test. So it's not like a multiple choice, but if you don't know what, I mean, they want every single thing you've ever done in your life on this test, every webinar you've sat through every program you've helped design and because the more stuff you put, the more points you get. So all of these candidates we had from around the country were like, had these resumes and, you know, we were looking stuff up about them. I was like, Oh, these people would be perfect. None of them. Every single candidate was from New York because they knew how the system worked and all of them were white. And I was like, 
I was, I was actually on the search committee and I said, you know, this is really disheartening. And the board, I don't think understood they do now, but it took two failed searches for that to happen. They understand because you, you still don't have a director. I think because they were, they were so shocked when we had all these candidates that had, that looked good, great on paper. And then they all took that test and when it came back, a lot of them weren't, they'll say, they'll say reachable because they didn't have the score to put them to the next level. Yeah. So with the civil service test, you ended up with basically, if I'm understanding this right, almost no candidates. The board realized that the test was a problem. What's happening now? We, so we had, I mean, the can, the candidates we got were just, I, I don't remember how many candidates we had to start with. But there were so many that looked great, and then there were they, they, they were like you know make a chart. Wh- who do you you know ma- who are your top three? Who are your next three? Who are your you know whatever? And it was like everybody picked you know prob- mostly the same people or the for their favorites, and none of them made the cut for the first round. And we were like oh, and a lot of the people that scored really high. Were- were people that we were like, absolutely not. We don't even want to interview them. They don't, you know, they don't have enough experience or they, they don't seem like, you know, we don't want the same thing we've just had for the same, the last director. Um, we don't want another, I came from a small town library and, you know, I'm going to make big changes in the big, the big city library. We're like, we're not a big city library, but it's just to, to, to around here, I guess it is. But, um, and we thought we want somebody with more experience with bigger systems and other stuff. And it just, it was, it was like a slap in the face to the board because they, they didn't expect it. They couldn't understand. And we were like, this is what we've been saying. You know, they have to take this test. This test is the biggest bag of bullshit that, and, and because the boards change over, over time. And we've actually got a pretty great board now, but they just had no idea. So going into the second one, when they sent out the test or whatever, they were like, Hey, put every single thing down you've ever done. And they told everybody that was in this second round of interviews and it came back and we still had some great candidates, but um, there were some other people that just didn't, didn't score highly enough. So, um, but, and that's the, that's part of the, it's a huge part of a problem that, uh, there was a referendum, a referendum on a vote a couple of years ago to make some changes to civil service. And the union, we're in, we're in the United Auto Workers Union, which makes the most sense. They call the um, IWW. Maybe they can fix that. Yeah. <laughs> Get the wobblies is, in there. Oh, it is just no. it's wild. But yeah, but um, they, you know, they were sending us stuff. No, you don't want it changed. You don't want it changed. Don't change anything. Um, and I was like, did you all vote not to change it? Because that's why we still have it. I, ah, it's, yeah. yeah. Do, do the people in the auto workers have to take it? Like, do they understand what's happening? It's, it's anyone who works for the county, um, for, in, for, in, in Tompkins County in, in New York. I think that other counties, and I don't know, maybe other, other agencies are more lax about it, but the library is hardcore. They're like, no, we have to adhere to these things. And I don't know why, but they do. Um, but I, I know that Tompkins County is really 
strict. And I don't, it's, it, I, for whatever reason, I have no idea, but it sucks. It just sucks. Yeah. I'm sure we could go on, on this for all night, but we should probably move on. How have your interactions with librarians and library administrators been? I mean, do you report to a librarian? Do you, do you have any interaction with uh, your directors or former directors or interim directors? How have they been? Um, I mean, I direct, so I, I report directly to uh, my supervisor, Asia, who's a librarian and I'm, and it's fine. I mean, she and I are, are friends too, because we've known each other a really long time, but you know, I, and there was a weird adjustment for taking feedback and things like that. So I'd be like, oh, come on. I want to use this different font. And she's like, no, you have to do this. You have to do that. And I'm like, you're the boss. Okay. But, um. As far as it, it's it's weird in a way, not not with Asia, but our because our interim director, I like I was friends with a lot of these people because I worked at the bookstore before I worked with them. And I have no problem being like, all right, you're the supervisor here, you're this. But I feel I always feel empowered to, you know, say to speak out like to speak out if there's something I I don't think is and I mean, lately there's been a lot of because of all the stuff with COVID, there's been a lot of like, hey, no, we shouldn't do this. This doesn't sound like a good idea. It's a good instinct. Um, yeah. Well, and some people have it and some people don't, but, um, but our interim director, she comes down and just chats like normal, but she's still the director. So that's, it's a little weird, but it's not, it's not bad, but I, I don't know. She's doing a great job and she listens and she's trying to like take all the cues from what the last director, actually an, a previous director came back for us as an interim and she was beloved like she's just awesome so it was nice to have her for a few months but Teresa's trying to follow that lead not the pr- the one who retired because I mean that was a nightmare people were crying and quitting and uh, all these stories came out it was it was not good but um I wouldn't know anything about that right now <laughs> not at all uh, is someone's got a dog is that your dog Woody do I hear? Oh my gosh! Can you hear him snoring? Oh, is, is he snoring? I thought, I thought he was, he was like, yelling. Oh. Yeah, no. I thought he was like crying and being a sat. Oh. Right <laughs> oh my goodness! Hang on, hang it's on, hang on. Pug. Show him again. This is going to be the. Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay, this is going to be the. Art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, I've it's got dog three. time. Yeah, there's he's so he is a pug, so he snores all the time, even when he's awake. But I've got two other dogs, and one of them, I think, unplugged my power cord. I think that's actually what happened when I got knocked offline, but um, yeah, they're normally my ex takes them. And so they're not here. And I worry about, because usually they'll hear a noise and they'll all three of them be like, and so, so far it's just been snores and that's nice. You know, we reached out to people on library Twitter to, you know, come on the podcast. And I, I, I'm really curious as part of this series, like how do you feel people who aren't librarians are represented in online. And I want to say librarian spaces because it's dominated by librarians. Like, do you feel included? Do you feel like an outsider? Like, how do you feel when you're interacting with this group of people? Um, I think now, now I don't see, I don't see much of a difference now. Um, Cause I work with these librarians and I'm like, I, you don't really do much different than what I'm doing. But um uh, in my library, I don't want to talk about all these other libraries, but I, um, when no, I was a page, no, right. I, yeah, <laughs> <It's the same work. laughs> well, 
Well, I used to, my friend Kate is a kids, is a child, children's librarian. And she used to always say, you could do this job. You could do what we do here because you have these skills and, and fuck library school. And don't go to go, don't go back to school. It's a waste of time and, or not a waste of time. It's a waste of money. And I said, yeah, you know, maybe, I don't know. But now that I am a library assistant, I don't think I'm going to go to school. I'm just, I'm, I'm making, it was a substantial raise from a page to a library assistant. So I'm like, you know, I only have this much responsibility instead of, I mean, librarians have a little more responsibility, but I do programming. I do collection building. I do, you know, I have meetings with the director, the board, our foundation. We have a foundation that does a lot of money uh, raising, raising funds and stuff for our collections. I meet directly with them. And I've got, you know, I'm like, I'm not doing anything that I think I do as much as a librarian does. I just don't have the degree. So I don't make as much money. But as a page, I mean, the the pages get paid the least. And the pages are doing the most physical job in the library. And it's like, I I was getting too old to keep bending down. (laughs) Those low shelves were killing my knees. I'm I'm a former page. That's how I started too. Yeah. And it's like, you're the one pushing carts and emptying book drops and doing all of this hardcore work. And then depending on your library, you're also interacting with people. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of work to be paid that little. Yeah. I mean, definitely... Again, if any iSchool people out there who can be like, uh, no, Woody can just like come here and do one class and like get like $20,000 a year more with a library degree, like uh, that'd be great. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm not against the MLS. Like you got to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. I, I've, I, you know, I don't know. At some point, maybe yeah, we've yeah. got our, uh, I could, um, oh, what scholarship or whatever. And if I wanted to finish up that way. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you shouldn't feel pressured either way, but it, it is just, you know, as someone who supervises people who are library assistants who have MLSs and realizing they could get paid twice as much, there's just not a position open for them. Like it's, it's not fair. And I just tell them, Hey man, just apply somewhere else. Like you can, you can make twice as much down the road. You don't even have to move, but uh, you know, it, it's a tough decision. It's always tough. So, you know, we, we at one point wanted to do some episodes on the MLS and it's just so fraught with just like the class history behind it, the racial history behind it, the, the ideology behind it. It's really hard like, I think to like, even the three of us it. each have our own opinions on like how it should be and what its purpose is and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, and, and at the end of the day, I think all of us are pragmatists too. So we would just be like, you just got to do what's going to work for you. Pretty much. Yeah. But uh, to close out, um, what would you give, uh, what what advice would you give to anyone pursuing a job in libraries, either if they think they're going to stick with a, a, a non-librarian job or if they want to move into a librarian job? Like from where you're standing now, what would you think you would tell them? Well, I, I actually had somebody ask me a couple weeks ago. They said, I don't know what I want to do, um, but I think being a librarian sounds great. Should I go to library school? What do you think? And I said, to this particular person, I said, no, it, it, for you, this is, you know, you went to massage school and you went to school for something else and something else. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, no, because you're going to sink all this money and there aren't a ton of jobs. You know, you want to be what kind of library? I was like, what kind of librarian do you want to be? Do you want to work in a, in a uh, university librarian? 
or university library or a public, oh, a public library. I said, no, no. I said, unless you plan to look for jobs anywhere. But if you want to stay in Ithaca, um, you're better off keeping an eye on Cornell. They hire, I mean, a lot of the jobs there you do need, I, I don't even want to say a lot of jobs you need in MLIS. Um, Cause a lot of their, the tech jobs you don't, and they pay, they pay better than what a lot of people are making at our library. So we it's lose Sadie people. Does. Yeah. Yeah. You pay. Yeah. I, I mean, it for sure. If you can get into, but all, there's all kinds of stuff you can be doing at the, at the, um, like at court at a university library and you don't need to take that stupid fucking civil service test. So yeah, I mean, so I say no. People are very creative with their library system positions, which, yeah. like, again, one of the people I supervise, like, is someone who we just give them a fancy job title, give them a raise. Technically, they're LA4, but like, you know, same with our web developer. Our web developer, it's like, oh, if only he had a, a library degree, we could move him into another position. It's like, He's web developer one. You can make him a web developer three, you know, see what happens. You know, you could, we have this flexibility. So, you know, it, yeah, it's, um, if you're, if you want your foot in the door, I think you've got more options than you used to have. I remember when I was starting library school, they were like, if you're not working in a library, go volunteer in a library, because if you do not have time in a library, they will not hire you as a librarian, even if you go to library school. And so I was like 100% set on, okay, I'm going to library school. I'm getting a graduate assistantship and I'm working those whole two years. And even that didn't get me a job straight out of school. I was still unemployed for eight, nine months. Yeah. The only thing that like I got, like I did a residency right out of library school because I am in like cataloging and metadata and all of the like, especially like academic library cataloging and metadata jobs, but even the public library ones are like at this point they outsource it to more like consortial thing those all asked for like way more experience actually doing cataloging and metadata than i had and not that like my graduate degree didn't give me enough experience but there were no graduate assistantships and like cataloging and metadata and so my graduate assistantship was a reference Mm -hmm. um which i think actually makes me a very good metadata librarian to be to be fucking honest but yeah, it's like uh, the only, like I got a few interviews like where I got to the final stage and and that happened my second, you know, job search as well. But because I didn't have like years of experience just like doing, you know, cataloging and because I like have a personality. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just like didn't get hired. Gender? <laughs> so. What is this? For cataloging? Oh, I, I'm like, I mean, I'm like too extra for like, I was going to say, yeah. So, uh, Woody, do you want to plug anything like your Twitter or anything that you have coming out? Or do you want people to leave you the fuck alone? Usually that's what I want. Um, but, uh, if you, I'm trying to think, I don't have anything to plug. I don't have anything. I have nothing. Mm-hmm. No, that's, I, that's not true. I mean, um, I don't know. Our TikTok. look at the. Tompkins County Public Library TikTok for these ridiculous, boring TikToks. That's all I'll say. It's uh, it's Tom. It's at Tomco Pub Lib Lib Pub Lib. That that's my only plug 
for my library. I think that's the first TikTok plug we've ever had. So <laughs> it is. I, we gotta we gotta get we gotta get what we'll take. Get what that we can younger get. audience. <laughs> I mean, we're trying. We're trying. Yeah, T H O M Tom. Uh, T O M T like Tom and Jerry. Tom. Uh-huh, Tom. Yeah, Tom Co Pub P U B L I B. T O M C O P U B L I B. Tom Co. Yes, I think so. Yes. Okay. Tom Co. Pub. Live I'll check Live. it. If it doesn't work, I'll I'll email you. All right. If you look up Tompkins County Public Library and TikTok, it'll come up. Yeah. But there's no TH. It's T-O-M. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Your dog's still snoring. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Always. That is a very loud snore. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. Good night.